0: two hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars i'll shuttle for one dance with domino can you play any other two something we're making for the americans it's called the ghetto blaster
1: may i cut in
0: Again, Sam. It's a charming
1: tune.
2: Welcome to the 19th episode of Bond Music Six of the Best. It's our ongoing series discussing the music of James Bond. As some of you know, we are out of soundtracks. So this is our first episode of our spinoff series. And that should help add some confusion to the ever-evolving numbering system we have on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we've done like 19 of these. We did, I don't remember how many we did with Raymond before it turned into six of the best. Now we're out of soundtracks. So now we're doing spinoff soundtracks. All kinds of James Bond-related soundtracks. It'll all make sense as the show keeps going forward i am of course your host jared albrick the yard sale artist and joining me as always around the musical podium here i have esteemed author alan j porter also my best friend. welcome back to the show alan oh, you're my best.
3: thank you jared uh, you're, you're making big promises there that this will make, all make sense are you sure about that nope not <laughs> no, me neither okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what the hell we'll gi- we'll give it a go <laughs> I just wanted
2: to have a little confidence in us at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, our format is getting weird, because we used to talk about the overall album and the title track, and well, there's not going to be really title tracks anymore, although somehow Alan found a way to kind of make a title track. Just trust us, it's going to be fun. Basically, for each show, we're going to take turns. I'll be a lead, or Alan will be a lead this time around. Alan is the lead, and he has brought the first album which I will reveal momentarily. So basically, Alan's going to take us through any information he has on the album, and he's going to talk about three of his favorite tracks. I get to pick from the leftovers. I'll give you my three favorite tracks, and then eh, we probably have a bonus track for you. And that will be that. So each six of the best episode will present seven tracks, or maybe more per show. Maybe let who not, don't judge us. All right, but let's have some fun this month. We're kicking off our new show segment. With the best job interview ever captured on CD, it has shaken and stirred the David Arnold James Bond project. And that is what Alan brought.
3: So Alan, what do you know about this? This is a really cool album. I was actually a little unsure about this album when I first heard about it. Not being a huge fan of a lot of the, the folks that are actually mentioned on it, but it really made me appreciate their music a lot more. So we sort of talked about it being a, a job interview captured on cd in some ways it is you know on the surface this seems to be really composer and songwriter david arnold's vanity project i guess is one we're putting on it you know where he really he expresses his enthusiasm for the movie franchise but it turned out to be something much more it turned out to be a, a critically acclaimed multi-talent project that introduced i think introduced the music of bond to a whole new audience and certainly to newer audiences and also introduced old fogies like me to some of the newer artists as well so i, I think it worked both ways. Most famously, it led to Arnold actually getting the gig to work on the 007 movie franchise as the official composer for several movies, and actually to be considered uh, by many of us to be the worthy successor to John Barry as one of the best composers to work on the 007 movie series. So uh, Arnold has always said he's been a fan of James Bond. He often cites seeing You Only Live Twice in the cinema and hearing, uh, in particular, John Barry's Music cue, Capsule in Space, has been the one that sparked his interest in movie music and the being a composer of music specifically for movies could be a thing. And it's a great track, so it's a good one to get inspired by. I found a nice quote from David Arnold where he talks about that and, and this particular project. And it's a fairly lengthy quote, but here we go. I grew up with and loved the films, and I thought the songs were fantastic. At the time of making shaken and stirred piers brosnan was the new bond and was incredibly popular they'd reinvented the genre and i thought if i don't do it somebody else would i thought perhaps there was a way of remaking the songs and having a bit of fun with them i already had a strong idea of how i wanted them to sound plus i wanted an excuse to work with some of the people i really liked it was only difficult in as much as the artists all had their own agendas and commitments so it was tricky getting them to commit to a date but the ones who said yes or wanted to do it because like me they loved the songs. I thought it would be fun to do an album with people that I admired singing songs that I loved. It was basically a labor of love. I didn't get paid to do it. I took every penny of the recording budget and spent it on the studio and the orchestra, and I've never made any money from it. No, but you got a great job out of it, so I wouldn't complain. (laughs) You may have, like, eventually made
2: some money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
3: So... Shaken and Stirred was recorded in 1997 and released on East-West Records in the United Kingdom and Sire Records in the United States. John Barry himself was very complimentary about David Arnold's interpretation of his work. He said, it, quote, it was very faithful to the melodic and harmonic content, but he added a whole other rhythmic freshness and some interesting casting in terms of the artists chosen to do the songs. I think it's a terrific album and I'm very flattered which is pretty high praise from the man Mm. himself. So Mm -hmm. that was good.
2: (laughs) I would take that to the bank.
3: Yeah. So we have obviously the UK and US release, but there was actually another release of the album. There was a Japanese version of the album, which includes an orchestral version of the James Bond theme, which is actually identified as very cleverly titled bonus track for Japan. There are two other missing tracks, not on the standard CD release. You only live twice featuring Bjork and a version of Goldfinger that was going to be recorded by Debbie, Harry and Skunk assi. And this is the one that kills me because scheduling got in the way. It would have put the album schedule back a couple of months, so they couldn't do it. And the idea was dropped. The idea of Debbie Harry doing Goldfinger is just like, oh, yes, I wish that had happened. So the album peaked at number 11 in the UK album charts. I don't know where it peaked in the US album charts. Don't have that information. But it was probably a lot lower now in the American market.
2: They can't all be writings on the
3: wall, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were two singles released from the album in the UK, On Majesty's Secret Service and Diamonds Are Forever, which reached number seven and number 39 in the UK singles charts, respectively. The Propeller Heads version of On Majesty's Secret Service was actually featured as a choice of space medicine expert and occasional British science TV presenter Kevin Fong, who I'm sure very few of you actually heard of, but he was featured on the BBC radio show, Desert Island Disc, where basically a personality gets to choose the 12 songs that they would play if they were stuck on a desert island. Side note, Ian Fleming was also actually on that show at one point. So Kevin Fong actually chose the Propeller Heads version of Honor Majesty's Secret Service as one of his 12 tunes he would take to a desert island. And he said he played it every morning when he was driving to Kennedy Space Center during the t- period he was working at NASA. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, is cool. I would probably pick it too if it was left on unpicked yeah so (laughs) what are your what are your overall thoughts of the the album jared and the the project well i think it's super cool
2: first of all i'm going to admit that you're probably right i doubt that it charted in the u.s because i have to give a wink and a nod to our friends at james bond radio i'd never heard of this until they covered it their guy john williams over there covered it gosh a couple years ago and I was like, wait, what, what is this album he's talking about? And I did that thing that we all do as James Bond fans. I heard about something and then I purchased it because <laughs> that's the law. <laughs> so I went out and I bought it and gave it a listen. And it is really unique and fresh and different. But yet something I think even uh, traditional Bond people should probably have in their CD collection. I mean, after all this, David Arnold. And it is creative and it's new sounds for old tunes, but still with a lot of respect for the old tunes. So that's my overall thoughts on it.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. I think the thing that comes through it all is is that sense of respect for the source material. All right. As Jared said, there is, obviously this is not a soundtrack and is not related to the movie. There isn't sort of an official theme song of sorts, but... I just sort of mentioned it in passing. There was a track that was part of the project, but never made it onto the final album. So in some ways, I think, think of it as the theme song. It was released before the album, I believe. So it is sort of a hook, a trailer for the project, a theme song. And that was the aforementioned Bjork's version of You Only Live Twice, which was available as a free download on her website. I think it's still there. And of course, you can find it on, on YouTube. Before we get into the album proper, let's have a listen to what i decided to be the theme song for this album, which is Bjork singing uh, You Only Live Twice. So, what do you make of that, Jared?
2: Oh, that's cool. I've always kind of liked Bjork. And again, like we said, new sound, respect to the old sound, tons of fun. What about you, man?
3: I like the the opening, and then we sort of get the spacey theme on top of the the Barry theme. I like that. It goes with moody. I actually think I might slightly prefer this to the Nancy Sinatra one.
2: I thought about that. (laughs) (laughs) We know in certain circles that's probably heresy or whatever. I mean... Nate Sinatra's version is is a timeless classic. It is, uh, but but this man, it's super cool. It's it's in yeah. the
3: it's in the ring. It's in the ring. <laughs> it's a very very nice, laid back, relaxing version of it. I think.
2: Yes, I wanted to ask you this before we got to this point, but it just it reoccurred to me. So
3: this is where I'm going to ask you. How did you discover this album? Do you know what I was actually trying to think back, and I can't remember. It's been sitting in my CD collection, you know, since the late 90s. I. I think I just saw it on the shelf in the, you know, in the store. Okay.
2: Okay. You know, uh, just definitely browsing c-
3: CDs in the mall. And it was like, oh, Bond, what's that? You know, and I <laughs> flicked it over and it's like, oh, you know, it's got some interesting artists on here. I think I literally just saw it browsing the, Remember there were times when you used to go in a store and they had racks and racks of CDs. Um, I can still smell it. Yeah, I think it might have been Fye or, yes, uh, some or, Sam like that. or so yeah, Sam Goody
2: or yeah, Beth- or better.
3: Sunco- is probably Suncoast actually. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, right, I was just wondering. Anyway, yeah.
3: So anyway, short answer to that is I no idea because I don't remember. But I think I found it just browsing in the store. <laughs> Let's get on with my top three picks. No opening gag for me, because I couldn't think of one. So um, I'm just going to jump straight into the <laughs> We've got, we got no movie to uh, pull yeah. quotes from. So I'm just going to go straight in. And I'm actually going to start off with my favorite track on this album. This is the one when I have it in the car that I keep fast forwarding to, or when it ends, I immediately go back and replay it over and over again. And it is the aforementioned favorite track of your uh, favorite space medicine doctor. It is Honor Majesty's Secret Service slash Capsule in Space, because even though it doesn't say it on the CD cover, it does actually include some of the music from Capsule in Space. Segued in with Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which if your folks have heard me on other podcasts, know is my personal theme tune, favorite Bond track. So uh, my favorite Bond track with one of my favorite cues I was not a big, really aware of the propeller heads prior to listening to this and finding it and getting to like it but i've listened to their stuff since interestingly this is actually also featured on the Propellerheads' only studio album decks and drums and rock and roll where again it is actually tracked 10 on their album so they obviously uh, like it a lot too i'm gonna lead in i think it's probably the longest track on the album and i've talked about it for too long so let's listen to the propeller heads on a majesty's secret service <laughs> So, Jared, what's your thoughts on uh, Propel Head on the Majesty Secret Service?
2: Alan, we haven't had to bleep a lot of words on our show. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great track. I love like everything about it, like how it comes in. I like how you get that hi hat sound where you swear like Isaac Hayes was involved with it at one point, and just like that dirty funk and just
3: ah, oh, Alan, it's it's magnificent, man. It's so you asked me earlier about when I first got this album. And right. I don't really remember. But what I do remember is my initial reaction to this track. I wasn't familiar with Propeller Heads. I'm not a big fan of electronic type music. Oh, that's not going to be good for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> when I put this on and it started veering off, I'm like, what are they doing to my absolute favorite track? This is awful. And then I just got into the groove of it. And by about halfway through, I'm like, damn, this is, to quote you, f- fantastic. <laughs>
2: Two bleeps in one episode. <laughs>
3: It's just been my favorite track ever since. And like I say, I just play this one incessantly when I'm in the car. This is one of my favorite tracks to, when it's a really nice day, top down on the car,
2: coming around in my
3: little sports car with this turn right up and annoying the neighbors. Yeah, this is... Uh, Absolutely. This is yeah. a driving track. This is It is yeah, a driving you to, track. You drive to this music, yes. Yeah, you do. So, yeah,
2: <laughs> I do the same thing in my electric blue Scion XB. <laughs> a little boxy
3: car i've seen your fancy wheels yes i know (laughs) my next one is one of my favorite bond songs sung by one of my favorite singers track seven which is live and let die i mean it's chrissy hind the best vocalist from the living daylight soundtrack with a song by paul mccartney produced by david arnold i mean is there really anything more to add to that (laughs) that is some synergy right there (laughs) yeah
1: This ever-changing world
2: Thoughts on that one, Jared? Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney is already a high energy track. And this is like it drank a Red Bull <laughs> and had even more energy. So, yeah, I mean, if you dig Live and Let Die, then how could you not like this version? I think it's,
3: yeah, it's high energy. And like you said, it's Chrissy Hines. And yeah, what's not to like? Yeah, one of the things I do like about it, it doesn't try to be a direct repeat of the Paul McCartney one. The other famous cover version of Live and Let Die is just, I don't know, an amped up rock version, but this one tries to be something different, and I think succeeds as well. So Guns N' Roses, Guns right? Guns N' Roses, yeah. Right. yeah, Which I do like, but... Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, but I don't know. This one, I think that David Arnold just tries and gives it another twist. And talking to things, giving things an interesting twist, my third pick mm-hmm. is a song that I thought nobody should ever cover. And yet I was really amazed by how well it is done on here. This is track number 11. Fittingly, the last track on the album. It is We Have All the Time in the World. Returning once again to my favorite Bond movie. Vocals by Iggy Pop, which I did not think would be a fit for this. But amazingly, I think he turns in a really emotional performance of this song. So let's hear Iggy Pop doing We Have All the Time in the World. What do you reckon to Iggy Pop's take on Louis Armstrong's classic? Just like you,
2: I remember the first time I heard it was surprising because I remember looking at the CD label and going, hmm, I foresee a skip track in my future. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be wrong. He, like you said, very emotional. I like the new electric guitar elements added to the song. It still has the respect for the song. And it's funny because like you said, the original is Louis Armstrong. You can't beat that. You just can't. But I've now heard two remakes, this one and the one by The Fun Love and Criminals, that I both really enjoy. So hats off to both of them. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with The Fun Love and Criminals, one. I can't remember. That yeah. was a
3: long time ago on our episode,
2: so you're gonna have <laughs> to refresh me.
3: <laughs> That's been my three picks. I'm going to hand it over to Jared, and I do apologize, Jared, because there's actually only 11 tracks on this album. And, <laughs> you know, I took three, but I actually think that you've actually got 11 11- good tracks on this one. I don't think it's like some of the other ones where whoever goes second has to really hunt and pick to find three. I think here it's a a sufficiency of riches, I think, on which to pick for the uh, remaining three. So what did you pick, Jared? Well, my friend,
2: I also have no opening gag. I'll try to do better next time. (laughs) But I have picked from what you have so graciously left behind for me. Uh, All three of mine are actually tracked 10 honor majesty secret service let's listen to it three times
3: i'm quite happy that'll fill the next 30 minutes i'm good
2: all right in all seriousness from what you left me my first track is track two from the cd it is nobody does it better featuring amy Mann. i really like this one because it's very stripped down and sort of bohemian in the beginning and I was like, eh, I don't know. This seems kind of lazy. I don't know if I like it. And then it kind of teases a new flavor and then it just sort of bursts wide open into a fantastic rendition of this 007 classic. So let's give a listen to Nobody Does It Better featuring Amy Mann.
1: Nobody does it better Makes me feel sad for the rest Nobody does it Half as good as you Baby, you're the best I wasn't looking But somehow you found me I tried to hide from your love Like the black heaven above That's why you loved me Is keeping all my secrets safe
3: what do you think so like you when it opens and it's interesting choice of musical instrument i think it's a just hearing it on an accordion a squeeze box it sounds like yeah Uh, yeah. and i must admit my first thought well that's an interesting take but i don't know how you can do that for a whole track but (laughs) obviously you don't because you know my thought was well yeah that's an interesting take but i think it could get quite tedious quite quickly but as you said just when you think it's just gonna drag it really kicks in not among my favorite tracks on the album Nobody's Got it, is not necessarily one of my favorite Bond songs either, so it doesn't really hold much resonance for me. But I thought it was an interesting take, but I'm glad he sort of upped the pace part way through because I think that sort of saved it. I absolutely agree. I think that little upbeat, rhythmic, yeah, really just puts a new energy into the
2: song. So, yeah, loved it. Moving on to my second pick, it is track four, All Time High, featuring Pulp. And I'm basically going to cut and paste what I said about the last song. <laughs> I like this track because it has a nice surprise to it. Just when you think it's going to be sort of this overly stripped down artsy thing, because when it first started, I was like, mm-hmm. then it all of a sudden starts to pop with this very lush, very full rendition of what I'm calling an old friend of a theme song. So let's give that a listen. If it's your first time hearing it, you're like me, just hang on. It gets cool.
0: a sweet distraction for an hour or two. I never intended to do the things we've done.
1: To waste a waking moment I don't want to sleep Cause I'm in so strong and so deep And so young In my time I've said these words before
3: Okay, I'm going to sidetrack here. So have you ever heard an album that was done by Beatles producer and Bond composer, George Martin, that was called, if I remember rightly, it was called In My Life, was the album. It's pretty much similar to this in concept, but with Beatles songs. So it's him inviting a whole bunch of other people coming in to cover Beatles songs. Okay. It was all, all produced by George Martin. So very similar type vibe. One of the tracks on that, and it's actually the title track, In My Life, features a certain Scottish actor well connected to the Bond franchise, and it it is actually Sean Connery doing a spoken vocal for In My Life, and when I first heard this, that's what it reminded me of, was... Okay. That's, you know, it's like, are they trying to do the same thing? You know, it's a similar album, similar concept. Are they doing a, you know... a a spoken lead vocal on one of the songs so that's what it reminded me of but then it sort of went off in a different direction so again not a huge favorite of mine but an interesting idea it reminded me of something else actually re-listening to it now made me go out and dig the George Martin album out of my uh, CD stack and listen to that the other day so um, if you've never heard uh, Sean Connery performing in my life as a spoken lead vocal I highly recommend uh, trying to dig that one out so mm,
2: uh, that might have to be the tail end track for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to go seek that out and play it over our, our, our outro. <laughs> all it makes me think of is the William Shatner
3: Rocketman's man. Song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Similar vibe. Similar vibe.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I, and I'm kind of with you in a way, Alan, all time high is not one of my favorite James Bond themes. I mean, I, I like them all to some extent, but eh, it's just like, OK, to me. And I just thought it was kind of neat that it got a new energy. So one of the reasons I picked it is just I feel like it's one of those songs that, you know, we kind of overlook a lot. And I just wanted to give it a little spotlight just because it had a different sound. But, yeah, that's why I went with what I went. And let's go with my third track, which is track nine. It is from Russia with Love featuring Natasha Atlas. I just find this version to be very exotic and sexy. And what's more bomb than exotic and sexy? Let's give it a listen. Okay, Alan, exotic, sexy. What
3: do you think? I think this one actually, I'm going to call another heretical statement here. Uh oh. <laughs> I, I think this actually works better than Matt Munro. When you think about the context of the movie. Right. Okay. I I'm think having somebody with a sort of Middle Eastern, Mediterranean accent, young, sultry female singing this makes a lot more sense than a middle aged Englishman. <laughs> singing it so you know uh, as much as the matt munro one again is a classic i think this sort of fits the tone of the story better um, i don't know if that's what david arnold was going for but i think so the vocalist here wasn't she didn't she do something for i think it was the world is not enough where didn't she record oh. something that's on the soundtrack but then was not mo- was not included in the movie that sounds familiar you can't expect me to remember things from podcasts gone by but that sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it was her. Uh, this, uh, the name's ringing the bell, and that's, I think that's what it was. Again, if we've got it wrong, I'm sure somebody will correct us. But At the very least, maybe she was a bonus track.
2: You know what? I'm Googling it. <laughs> it's going to bother me. It's going to bother me. Her name is mentioned in the Wikipedia article. I can tell you that much. So Let me see if I can't just do a Control-F. An ethnic flavor of the tracks it conveyed the film's Turkey and Central Asian settings. Arnold brought in percussionist Pete Lockett, Kate Kanan player Abdullah Cheda, and singer Natacha Atlas. So she definitely was involved with the soundtrack. Huh. When you look at the tracks, none of them feature her, but she was definitely brought in by Arnold. Okay. For the uh, production. Okay all right
3: i knew there was some connection there good memory because i was
2: like yeah i feel like the name did we use her as a bonus track or something i couldn't remember but good job on the memory apparently yeah she she worked on the music production team with arnold
3: for the world is not enough so yeah i i think this is a really good fit i really like it i like her vocal style and i think it fits the subject absolutely yeah i I like what you
2: you know that sort of that turkey area mediterranean middle easterny vibe yeah definitely fits i wonder in this day and age just about all the stuff is already done but i wonder if one could go to youtube and see like that song put over the opening credits because people do that a lot you know they put different songs over the opening credits of actual bond films I, i would like to see how that plays over it but man what a great rendition and with that
3: alan i turn the show back to you sir Now that we've picked our six of the best, it's time for a bonus track. And yes, there is a bonus track. Bonus tracks are normally a cover but this of the theme song, but this is an album of covers. So this bonus track is a cover of a cover, sort of. So the same arrangement of You Only Live Twice that was performed by Bjork and we played at the beginning of the show was actually also recorded with the aforementioned Natasha Atlas and was released in 1990. Nine is a B-side on her single, One Brief Moment, also produced by Arnold. So let's have a listen to Natasha Atlas, who we've just been waxing lyrical about, and her version of You Only Live Twice. I have to say, Jared, I'm very impressed by the way that we very neatly segued from your last pick into the bonus track by the same artist as if that was actually professional unplanned. planned, supposed mm. to be a complete coincidence.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? We'll take them where we can find them, Alan.
3: <laughs> now I've uh, shown people how completely unprofessional we are. Um, what did you... which As if they needed reminding.
2: <laughs> they knew. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what do you reckon to uh, Natasha Atlas's version of that? Well, it's funny
2: that it was also produced by arnold and he produced the bjork one as well is that correct yeah,
3: yeah same arrangement yeah. the
2: same arrangement because what's funny is you know i was prepping for this and last night i said okay i got to you know record that his bonus track so i did the natasha atlas one and then as i was rereading the script this morning i was like oh i got to uh, go get his um record his intro track the bjork version because i didn't have that one in my mm-hmm. arrangement and so I'm listening to it. And I'm like, is that the same song? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the same song twice? And I was like, oh, okay, no, totally different. When Bjork started singing, I was like, that definitely sounds like Bjork. But they're very, very similar, but really showcases the two different voices. Yeah. And one thing I've learned from this adventure is that I think I might be a Natasha Atlas fan, my friend.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think she's very underrated. So.
2: Yeah, I will I be honest with you. I've never heard of her outside of her James Bond no, project, no. but no, I'm interested
3: to know more. I haven't really heard of her until we did the world is not enough episode. So yeah, okay. Um, normally at this point I'd talk about uh, the fact that we you know put together a playlist, but again, this because we're not talking about a soundtrack and there isn't a a million cover versions of the theme song out there, there is no playlist. But I did want to sort of wrap up this episode with a a final thought from another interview with David Arnold, when he was asked if he'd ever do a follow-up to Shaken Unstirred. And he said, quote, there are a whole bunch more songs. I mean, there's another six since that came out. Well, actually, as of now, it's 11. It was six at the time of the interview. But I think that's a record perhaps somebody else should make because I feel like I've done it. And yes, sir, you definitely did do it but I would love somebody else to do something similar with all 25 songs uh, that are out there. So
2: maybe the rogue agents will do their
3: versions of all twenty five. <laughs> 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 well, you could already get Delvin doing okay. Connery. So who else, yeah. don't <laughs>
2: that's already in the can. So <laughs> we're, good, we're good to go. Well, all right. I guess that brings us to the end of this episode of Bond Music Six the Best. If you have a question or comment, you can email us at ohmspod at outlook.com or comment on Twitter at ohmspod. Don't forget to subscribe to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you can leave a rating and a review, we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to chat with us personally on social media, I can be found at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at yard sale artist. Alan, where can they find you and eh, maybe you have something you want to talk about or I can play a promo for you, you know, however you want to do it. Well, yeah, if you want to play a little uh, promo
3: book trailer, that would be appreciated. All right. I will play one
2: now.
0: 300,000 words. 5,000 individual entries. 453 pages, 271 stories covered, 80 original illustrations. It all adds up to one book, The James Bond Lexicon, the unofficial guide to the worlds of James Bond in movies, novels, TV, and comics by Alan J. Porter and Jillian J. Porter. Now available from White Rocket Books and via your favorite online bookstore. For more information, visit the companion website at jamesbondlexicon.online or follow us on Twitter at Bond Lexicon.
3: And as you may have just heard, there's a little book out there called The James Bond Lexicon, which is now on sale. And I want to thank everybody who's helped make the first two months of the launch as a time of recording. success. We've seen quite a few people posting selfies of themselves, enjoying their copies of the book and the occasional pipe, Jared. And uh, we'd love to see more. So if you'd like to send us a selfie of yourself with the book, please do that. Or if you'd like to leave a a review on Amazon, that would also be appreciated too. Or just a rating on Amazon. It all counts. And you can keep up with the latest news about the James Bond Lexicon book at its companion website, jamesbondlexicon.online, where we're always adding new content or by following us on Twitter at BondLexicon and Tumblr and Instagram at JamesBondLexicon. As always, we will wrap up by passing the baton to White Rocket founder and OHMS pod co-host, Van Allen Plexico, to thank our generous patrons who support all of our White Rocket entertainment endeavors.
4: So just go to www.plexico.net, P-L-E-X-I-C-O.net, or you can just go to Patreon.com and search for White Rocket. And join up, and it's for as little as a dollar a month, you get to be part of the show, and we send out—I post things occasionally on the Patreon page of interest, and you get previews, you get special deals, special offers— and discounts on things that we do. And you sometimes get shows before the uh, the regular audience does. Here are the fine folks who are currently keeping our programs on the air that we owe everything to. Samuel Salvatore and Bart Lindsay, uh Bradley Blackman, Brian Gray, Chris Usher, Gary Grant, Logan Chilton, Phil Amthor, Richard Stevens, Steve Trawick, Susan Trawick, Tom Anderson, Willie Carden, and Kandian, A you falling up Ben Bloodsworth Clay Henson Dan Thompson Daniel Odom David Evers, David Hegler, Emmanuel Seaman, George Gaston, Jacob and Robin Fleming, James Greenwell, Joel Beckham, John Otsuki, Catherine England, Kevin Smith, Mickey B, Phil Davis, Preston Settle, Reynolds Wolfe, Rich Reimer, Steve Harlan, Timothy, WDE, Richie, Wes Atkinson, William Morgan, Wilson Beard, Winston Body, Alex Nguyen, Blake Heron, Boris the Tiger, Kato the Barner, Chris Hilton, Chris Thrash, Colby Butler, Danny Flack, Plus, Daris Benton David Simpson, Di Bama, Earl Ricks, Eric Mahan, Hugh Anderson, Josh Teal, Kevin Kenoy, Kevin Mahan, Lane Middleton, Mike Finley, Papa Todd, Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Ross, Russell Milling, Shannon Butson, Sarah Hines, Shane Bailey, Snowdog, Stephen Houston, Tim Pittman, Todd Gray, Tony Perry, Auburn Elvis, Ben Amos, Brandon Sisson, Brandon Smith, Chris Camo, Darren Pyle, David Smiley, Don, Donnie Reynolds, Plus, Ivor Evans, James Taylor, Jason Albrecht, John Stubbs, John Zavachin, Joey Miller, Joseph Iliff, Justin Bean, Lawrence Kane, Mark Squire, Matthew Flowers, Mick Vigicana, Nicholas Craig, Patrick Williams, Paul Bankson, Robert Drain, Robert O. Salmon's, Russell Suther, Ruth and Darren Sutherland. That's the truth, Ruth. Spanky! Stephen Thompson, Trevor Johnson, Kenneth Brett Raines, Brant Rumble, and Chris Plus, our one-time and anonymous donors, we thank you all so much. Go to www.plexico.net or just go to www.patreon.com and sign up and join the family.
3: So thanks for joining us for this episode. This episode's tracks were from the 1997 Shaken and Stirred CD by David Arnold. As always, we'd like to remind you to legally purchase your Bond music via official download channels or via CD or vinyl. So please support the Bond creative community. And we will be back with six of the best. And I'm going to hand it over to Jared because it's going to be his choice next. So he can announce what we're going to do next time around.
2: Since Alan loves Electronica so much, (laughs) our next episode is going to feature a CD that I, just like you did, Alan, just stumbled across in a CD store one day called Bond Beat and Bass, Electronica Versions of James Bond
3: Themes. So meet us back for that next time. Yippee! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no i'm looking forward to it. it should be an interesting excursion for me not not normally an area of music that i, I dive into so actually looking we, forward to it we listened to one as a
2: bonus track on moonraker where yeah, yeah, Donnie z joined us he hated it
3: <laughs> i
2: think i was the only one that liked it but anyway we'll have some fun beat us back
3: next time see you then folks bye bye
0: there are places i'll remember all my life Though some have changed, some forever, not for better. Some have gone and some remain. All these places have their moments. With lovers and friends, I still can recall. Some are dead, and some are living. In my life, I've loved them all. stop and think about them.